You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Friday night post-game edition of the Talking About podcast. The Sixers blew a 10-point lead midway through the fourth quarter, ultimately losing to the New York Knicks at home, 106-104. Sixers now 4-6 and six on the year, 1-4 at home on the season. Joining me to discuss the game and everything going on in Sixers land is Dave Early. Dave, how are you doing? I'm all right. I mean, other than a gross loss, happy Friday. <laughs> yeah, so we had uh, no... The, the, the weather gods conspired to make it so that we didn't have to have a, a dual screen experience with the Phillies this Friday as, as opposed to last week because Monday night's game got rained out and pushed the schedule back for the World Series a little bit. So all eyes were on the Sixers tonight, and I don't think all those eyes were liking what they're saying. Um, we should start with the obvious caveat that Joel Embiid did not play. He's still dealing with a, a flu, what they're terming, terming non-COVID illness, but we had reports that it's the flu. And uh, first game without James Harden on the season, who was out, uh, has been uh, reported to be at least out for a month with a strained tendon in his right foot. Uh, I guess before we talk about the game, Dave, let's let's let you, um, we we're talking offline. It's not, not quite get your flowers because it's it's not really something any of us wanted to happen, but you were sounding the alarm about the minutes load that they were giving Harden earlier in the season and saying, and saying like they need a load management game here and there, give him a rest. And he was leading the entire NBA in total minutes played like just crazy stuff for a 33 year old. That's coming off multiple lower body injuries. I, I mean, I mean, Dave, you were the, you were the canary in the coal mine on this one. So congrats and condolences i guess <laughs> yeah it, I, was, I was joking if this is a victory lap we're all limping for yeah. for james because yeah. it sucks uh it's the last thing you wanted to see but i i just find it frustrating because you know if you and i were running the sixers and we looked at this guy and we we're like all right he's had hamstring injuries in 2021 that probably cost the nets a, a ring i mean straight up everyone's talking about how the nets are a joke and a disaster but what gets buried in all this narrative is they, they would have run the table if everybody was healthy and they pushed hard and too hard at times where KD and Kyrie were both out of the lineup and asked him to carry the load as if he were 25, but he was 31 and he got hurt. It happened again. The next year, Kyrie's out of there. Uh, KD gets hurt. They lean on James. They play him 38, 39, 40 minutes in, in a game. He tweaks his hamstrings. The Sixers trade for him. They look at the MRIs. They know that he's dealing with it. They give him the week off, but then they play him the same way and ramp him up. So after all that, wouldn't you say, look, let's take a different approach. He's 33 now. He's been, he's dealt with this for two straight seasons. Let's just be ultra conservative, but they went the other way. They went like ultra aggressive. They were like, the more we play him, the healthier he'll stay. And so you know, you could make the argument, this has nothing to do with his load. You could bang knees and fall and tweak your foot in any random play, but ask Joel Embiid, ask Pascal Siakam. Like, 
your chances of an injury that we're worried about happening when you play huge minutes carrying the load without other stars out there goes up, but also your chance for random injuries just goes up too with more impact, more time on the floor. I mean, he was asked to do so much and it just felt like a stretch. Yeah, it it's certainly something that you saw coming. It, it seems fairly obvious to, to everyone when you kind of lay it out and just unfortunate turn of events. Um, so hopefully it is just a month and he comes back uh, looking like he did because he did look, he looked great the first nine games and yeah. definitely looked as healthy as a man th- that's 33 and where that would lie on the NBA career arc could look. And I think everything was very encouraging about his play and getting back to being able to beat his defender off the dribble and finish around the rim and working in the mid range game more and just all, all looks really promising for him. So hopefully this is just a, a speed bump on the, on the road to a successful season for him, but yeah, we'll see. Um, get getting back to n- tonight's game though, the obvious, uh, you know, result of Harden not being available is a much higher workload for Tyrese Maxey, not purely in terms of minutes played because he was right behind Harden in terms of minutes played, um, prior to Harden's injury. So not much for him to do as far as being on the court, but as far as usage, we're going to see Maxi with the ball in his hands a lot more. He attempted 29 shots tonight. Uh, he was 10 for 29 from the floor, four of 13 from three also had seven assists. So counting numbers are good 31 and seven, but you know, four turnovers, not as efficient as he has been this season, which has been incredibly efficient, 46% from three coming into this game. And, uh, 54% from two point range and tonight just, just above 30% from the field. So how much of this do you think, Oh, everybody's going to have an off night and how much do you feel it's like the increased usage, the increased workload and, and the difficulty in scaling and being as efficient as, as he was previously. Yeah. I thought the Knicks did a great job. Credit to Tibbs for scheming him up. I mean, Maxi has been facing a lot of double teams, um, but, but they felt, have felt like soft double teams, you know, like he, he slices right through two guys for a dunk. He's getting out and running. This one was like, you're facing the teeth of a set defense every time, particularly yeah. in that fourth quarter, they were able to get some stops, you know, the, the Paul Reed, Matisse Thibel lineups in the third quarter, the Sixers were getting the, getting the ball. Uh, so he got a chance to kind of get up and down and run a little bit and, I'd have to go back and see what lineups he was playing with when he was cooking, but it wasn't like that in the fourth. And I think you did get to see some of that, like scoring to scale, like you were talking about being asked to just be the guy and go get a win. That's tougher. It's not the spot that he's been in where he's thrived. Uh, And that's the spot he was in tonight. And he did have an off shooting night compared to what he normally is. A lot of his looks were not the, the better looks that he gets in transition when Harden or Embiid are out there. Yeah, you, you don't get the, the skip-ahead passes from Harden. You don't get the kickouts from Joel. You're not getting the swing-swing, and you're you're attacking a closeout as opposed to tonight. There was a lot more situations where it's him at the at the top of the key and trying to break down the defender on his own. And, you know, he, he can certainly do that. He has the speed, but um, it's just a much more difficult situation for him to be in. So tough, tough order tall tall order for a uh a now 22 year old happy birthday to you tyrese i happy wish birthday wish he could have got the the victory to celebrate tonight um but yeah i i feel like better lines are definitely ahead he's not gonna shoot he's he's too good a shooter 
as we've seen to to go 30 percent from the field but um yeah not 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 his best night um due, due for an off night i would say but better days definitely ahead for him and it's it's going to be exciting exciting and interesting to see how he adapts his game at, as hard and as out as as kind of this lead lead dog uh, and and the alpha and primary ball handler of the team yeah but, it's, I mean, even on a bad night for him, he's still pretty damn good. We, we should be able to say, like, there was really no business for them to win going into it, I thought. I mean, as soon as I heard Harden and Bede were out, I bet on the Knicks. I bet I bet on the uh, the Maxi and Brunson over and the Knicks to win. So I think I hit that parlay. I'll have to double check. I didn't add something stupid in there. But look at his <laughs> numbers, like 31 points, 7 assists, 7 of 7 from the line. This was a down game for him. And he still had two more points than he did field goal attempts. So, I mean, this guy's this guy's still awesome. Yeah, the the seven free throw attempts is definitely encouraging. That's you know that was an area of emphasis for him in the off season and all the workouts he did with with James in particular, and kind of kind of learning the nuance of of drawing fouls as a driver. Um, you know, we're we're seeing that, and he's he's getting to the foul line more more often this this season. And as you said, even in a an off shooting night for him, still still more points than field goal attempts. So it's still fairly efficient basketball for, for Tyrese and the free throws have a lot to do with that. The, um, the, the high quantity of, of three point attempts has a lot to do with that this season. So yeah, not, not, not to make this a, a down on Tyrese podcast because he, you know, 31 and seven, just, just an off shooting night, but still we a love lot of positive things from him. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll be, back to waxing poetic about all his <laughs> his joyful exploits next week um but yeah all right uh, we're gonna take a quick break here from our sponsors when we come back we'll talk about the the rest of the sixers out on the floor tonight it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. So, other starter in the backcourt tonight, coming back after missing a game with a lower back sniffness, was DeAnthony Melton. Um, like Tyrese, not a great shooting night for DeAnthony, but also like Tyrese, a uh, really good night as a distributor, which when they made the deal with Memphis in the offseason, that was something that we you know, we're kind of warned about like, Hey, he's, he's definitely more of a combo guard than a point guard. Like don't expect him to be this distributor or lead ball handling type, but, but nine assists from, from Melton tonight. So that was definitely an encouraging sign. Uh, the, the four for 18 from the field and the, the bad miss that on the potential game winner in the closing seconds when Maxi drove and kicked it out to him. And yeah, just really, really off target shot from him uh, on what was not terrible look that 
wasn't great, but you love the the four offensive rebounds. He's just flying all over the court. He's got the two steals, two blocks, just a, a real defensive menace. Um, played 30 minutes tonight. I expect to see that as kind of the norm going forward from Melton. Um, what, what did you see from tonight, you know, positive and, and negative? Yeah, two blocks, two steals. He fills it up. He, he's all over the place. He plays much bigger than he really is defensively, and so you love that. He's got great help instincts. Um, the, you don't want him to be a volume shooter. We saw them. I mean, you said you don't want him to be a primary ball handler. I'm not sure that you even want him to be a secondary ball handler. At times, he would get the ball on a swing, and he would run a screen and roll with Trez, and I'm thinking that's not what we want, and it would lead to a weird possession. I uh, don't love his ball handling. So I, I like him as more of a spot up shooter. I think he was asked to take on a bigger responsibility for obvious reasons tonight and didn't have a good game, but may, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's still dealing with that back a little bit and was pushing himself because of all the other absences too. Yeah. Possible that he, if, if Joel and James had been available, he might've, you know, taken the night off again to, to get a hundred percent. He was only at 85% or something, but yeah, still looked still good in all the, the facets aside from the shot making. And yeah, I agree. I like him a lot more as like a spot up guy off, off a Joel kick out or getting to operate off ball and attack closeouts and use his speed in, in those capacities or, or getting out in transition and, and being a guy streaking up and down the court and, and scoring in that manner rather than having to have the ball in his hands as much as he did tonight in, in half-court situations. But, you know, under the circumstances, you have to be pleased, aside from the, the missed shots. But, yeah, nine assists, pretty impressive. Um, we'll, we'll see how that continues as, as the season goes on and, you know, especially over the next month when Harden's unavailable. So they're going to rely on, on Melton and uh, Shake Milton, who played 17 minutes off the bench. We're going to see a lot more of them as like in, in a point guard type role than we might have otherwise uh, with Harden available. So yeah. um, Tobias Harris, good night. I thought 23 points, nine to 15 from the field, three to seven from three, had a couple blocks, a steal, four assists, uh, a nice post-up situation with a minute and change left in the game and kind of backed it down and, and, and scored for keep the Sixers in the game. A uh, few nice, really quick and decisive catch and shoot threes. We've been seeing that all season, but just re- really good to see from him. Like they, they, Tyrese just kicks it to him on the wing instantly goes up. He gets it off a dribble handoff at the top of the key. Like doesn't even hesitate. It just goes up. Just, the role looks to be fully cemented for Tobias right now. He's, you know, and he's hitting these looks. I mean, it's something he worked on all summer. That was the point of emphasis for him. And I think it's really come to fruition. And I think we have to be pleased from what we've seen from him. Um, are, are you, are you concerned that the, the ability to do more is no longer there for him in, in like these games where Joel and, and James aren't available. Do we, do we want to see more of the Tobias pick and roll, like the Tobias classic, or is this just keep, keep it to this and just let everything that's work itself out. What's your, what's your take on that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess I think they could have went to him more tonight. I mean, he, he definitely had it going. And in a fourth quarter where you end up with 21 points, just feels like maybe Melton got a few too many looks in this one. Maybe Maxi took a few. I mean, you don't want to hold back Maxi at all. I wanted him to have as green of a light as he could possibly have. Um, but some of those possessions could have could have gone at Tobias. Um, 
I'm a little disappointed that the team didn't find a few more mismatches for him. And I'm a little disappointed for him in him that he had this good game, but he couldn't carry them home in, in, in a very winnable spot. Um, maybe just assert himself and say, look, uh, I'm going to get some movement. I'm going to get, get a catch and I'm going to attack and I'm going to get to the free throw line. That's still not a huge part of his arsenal, only two free throw attempts. Yeah, this was, this was definitely it, the game to yeah, get, the, the, get but, some of those. It was, I mean, those, those free throw attempts did come in the final minute of the game when they're down yes. four and he, yes. he drove and drew the foul doing exactly what you're saying. You would, would like to see him do more. Yeah, like, yeah. Start, start that midway through the third because clearly some of those Knicks players knew, all right, there's Niang. I'm going to get this call. I'm just going to throw myself into him and we're getting this bucket. Um, yeah. And they, the Knicks had some players out there who they probably would have gotten a call against. Yeah. Um, you certainly would have liked to see a little more sort of miss. It's just, it's got to be hard when it's been beaten into your head for the last six months. Like, Hey, you're not, you're not going to be doing that anymore. You need to be very fair. You need to be this spot up guy, tertiary role player. And then want to short circuit the man. Yeah. For, for, for all of that to just like, okay, no, we're just kidding. Like tonight you have to be completely different. I mean, that, that has to be difficult. I would, I would imagine. And, I, I mean, he had a, he had a very good game. Like he was super efficient. Like scored twenty three points. Did did a lot of good stuff. Uh, like intangible stuff out there on the court. Like so, not 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 a bit. It was a positive performance. Yeah, but it's just something to keep an eye on in these games. Where is it really just going to be like ty- the the hundred percent Tyrese Maxey experience, or or is Tobias going to be able to step up and kind of? do do more and and revert to to being what he was in the past a little bit more um they they got stops they held the knicks to 106 if you would have told me that ahead of time i would have said i'll take it uh and maxi just didn't shoot his best yeah melton was really off coming back from injury no joel no Harden. i mean in some ways you could be pleased with this outcome but i know nobody is yeah i mean the combined 14 for 47 from the field from your starting backcourt it's 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 hard to hard to win games when that's the case, even if yeah. you do everything kind of thirteen oh. of forty seven from three is abysmal. Yeah, so off off shooting night, you chalk it up to that. Um, let, let's talk about the center rotation because I know that's going to be as always <laughs> a lit lighting up Twitter right now. Yeah, it's it's the annual or the perennial uh, what is Doc doing kind of thing. So Trez Har- Harrell gets the start. And and I thought I thought he played well. Uh, you know, he did essentially what you expect Trez to do. He scored fourteen and seven, had good energy out there. He's, you know, dunking off the pick and roll and yelling, and he's bringing that mm-hmm. energy. You love it. Um, but on, on a night when you're you're missing Joel, your your defense is struggling in some areas. That they they did hold the Knicks to one hundred six, as you mentioned. A lot of that was because of the twenty one turnovers. It wasn't that the Knicks weren't getting to their spots and hitting and hitting shots. Um, I think Paul Reed's defensive capabilities really turned to tide, especially in the in the third quarter there. Um, so six steals for Paul Reed, two blocks, like not not a great offensive performance by any means. He only had two two points on a one of two shooting, so he just kind of like stayed out of the way. But a lot of deflections, a lot of steals, and I thought, you know, when the Sixers are kind of getting beat up in, in a lot of the areas as far as they're, they're, they're being undersized. They didn't have 
uh, great point of attack defense, I thought. Um, I, I don't know. I thought Paul really made a difference. And then then Doc went to the Harrell-Paul Reed combo at the end of the game. In, in crunch time minutes, he, he suddenly decided to, to try the Trez-Paul Reed uh, front court. And I think that's when a lot of Sixers fans lost it. Like, what are you doing, Doc? I don't know. What was, what was your read on, on everything that happened as far as that rotation? He, he went for a weird experiment and it predictably wasn't great. I mean, he's talked about, I don't know, 29 minutes for Trez and 18 minutes for Reed. I feel like, and some of that overlapped, which didn't work out, but I just feel like if you reversed it, the Sixers probably would have won because uh, like six steals and two blocks and carrying some lineups out there where you had like multiple defenders who are not pluses like Niang, Korkmaz and Shake. And the Sixers are, you know, on a run in some of those minutes because he was such a madman. I was listening to the Knicks broadcast here in New York and Clyde Frazier was like, Paul Reed is just dominating the paint. He's getting these blocks. He's getting offensive rebounds. He's, he's in the passing lanes. And I'm like, well, someone's seen this. <laughs> Does Clyde want a coaching gig? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think he, he should have got more than 18 minutes. Um, we were having a little debate on Slack before you and I jumped on. We we're talking about like, well, Doc wasn't the main reason they lost this game, but that's pretty much the best thing you could say to defend him because this was such a winnable game. Yeah, he's. It's hard to blame him when you're you're starting backcourt shoots as poorly as they did, and they're missing their top two players. Uh, but the Knicks did not play a great game of basketball tonight it was kind of sitting there and all you had to do was like scheme a little bit better and just reckon fully recognize and capitalize on on what your guys were doing out there and the strengths that you did have and kind of play to them and you see it was over i mean it was it was like a 19-4 run yeah they're they're they suddenly were up 10 and yeah then the next go on this uh Knicks go in the 19-5 run to take the four-point lead. And it was so obvious what was happening. They were just suddenly able to just drive and get into the paint, and there was no resistance there because he'd taken Reed out. And the, the Sixers, like, strung some misses together, so they weren't they weren't able to trade baskets, and they just had, had nothing to do. They were unable to stop New York on the other end. Um, so his answer was to, to bring Reed in at the four, I guess. And then suddenly, like, R.J. Barrett is – ISOing against Trez Harrell and none of it's good. I don't, I don't know. Just smart, smart teams know that Trez <laughs> has trouble in pick and roll. He has trouble 30 feet from the rim. And to, to Reed's credit, he, he did not have a lot of trouble. I mean, he had some possessions where he slid his feet with Emmanuel quickly, quickly, very, very well and got yep. a great contest without fouling. Um, so there probably was multiple roads to securing this victory with a little bit less Trez and not to take anything away because he does what he does well. Yeah, uh, He's an exciting player. Um, but the weaknesses there can, can mount when you have three guys out there at the same time who have trouble with pick and rolls. Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of personnel on this roster that has trouble in that area. And Doc's not doing a good enough job of like spacing them out. He's kind of. I'm not sure he's like mindful enough of. All right, I don't want two, three sieves. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's yeah. We're uh, who's the guy that has has the uh, like the home shopping network thing where he he slaps the patch on leaks, 
and yes. uh, <laughs> we only have so many of those in stock and and the thing's just leaking too much there's too many all over and we don't have enough patches to slap on um yeah let's keep it to two leaks we can have two leaks <laughs> but uh yeah I, I feel like i like i hate the bag on trez because i feel like he you know was perfectly fine like we know what he is and he, he he's bringing good things to the table as well it's just yes. you, sh you shouldn't be playing him 29 minutes and you shouldn't be playing him with certain lineup groupings that you're talking about and i'm also confused they don't they don't really use him in the pick and roll as much as i would expect them to which is kind of like his his bag that's like his, the best thing he does and i don't i don't feel like they're not really spamming the pick and roll when he's out on the court they're they're kind of using him in other ways and off ball and like dunker spot and other things. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he could be maximized when he is on the court better than he is. And I feel like he shouldn't be on the court as much as he is either. And yeah, it, that's a it's good frustrating point. when, when Harden is out there with him, they often don't have three shooters at the same time, which I, I haven't had a big problem with. If you really wanted to commit to that, you're losing quite a bit on defense because you're already talking about Harden and Trez. So if you're making sure Niang is out there, uh, and a couple other shooters, now you're giving Trez the room to roll and harden to throw those passes, bounce passes and lobs, but you can't stop anyone. And then the other times they're sagging. So there's, and then tonight you have Maxi who can drive right really hard, but he's not going to throw that needle thread pass off the screen and roll to a guy like Trez. He, he doesn't have that in his game quite yet, right? Yeah, he, he doesn't have the nuance of, pick and roll actions quite quite down he's he's kind of got only got a few tricks up his sleeve yeah so i could see it from if i was like trez's biggest fan and i wanted him to get pick and roll lob dunks from harden all day I'd be, I, I could see why that's not happening here so far yeah and obviously not tonight uh, or for the next month with with harden out but um yeah just in general that was something that was kind of curious in my my mind for, through the first 10 games and then yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes going forward um again you know Joel's absence kind of exacerbates all those things because suddenly you have to get 48 minutes from from those two or a, 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 a Niang Tucker front court and, and that the, those present their own uh, challenges if, if that's the direction you want to go. Um, yeah, he must be really sick. And then the Harden injury is going to compound this stuff too because now Joe coming back out of shape from plantar fasciitis and then the flu. Now he's going to have to play big minutes as soon as he's back. Maxi has already taken on this big workload. PJ Tucker is no spring chicken. Tobias played 37 minutes tonight. So everyone's going to be taxed. Yeah. Uh, Maxi and Tobias having to play like 38 minutes a night each. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to load manage those guys with, with nope. James out. And like, yeah, I mean, Tobias has a reputation as being an Iron Man and has, has played 80. Didn't he play an 82 game season the one year? And that was kind of a, a big, thing for him like he was he obviously as he should took pride in being available for all 82 games yeah um, he came back after that like brutal fall and the bubble on his head he, he is an iron man yeah but we should we shouldn't take that for granted right you shouldn't just ex expect it and keep churning him out for 38 minutes every every night like that's not smart roster management and yeah Ty tyrese is only 22 but i i feel like he's never in his life played this kind of workload. Like sure. he had an, an abbreviated college season and then he's a bit player as a rookie played, you know, 
as, as a starter last year, but he wasn't playing 38, 39 minutes a game. So yeah, if we track the number of times he hit, hit like a top speed miles per hour on a drive, we'd probably be like, well, that's a lot. Yeah. But he, like in the long term, you feel like that maybe there's some kind of wall that he he could hit, especially with an increased usage rate and workload um, as as a lead ball hand with Harden out. And you know, you he just could. worry. It's just a lot of things that are kind of compiling on each other. And I I don't know what you do because you're you're. I mean, right now you're missing Joel. Hopefully he's back soon. It's just like a short term illness. But yeah, with James out also, and yeah, it's just a, a lot of things that are you know, not ideal. And you're, you're trying to sift your way and make, make, make the way as best as you can. But uh, yeah, it's just all, all things to keep in the back of your mind is potential concerns. Maybe you trade for disgruntled disgrace Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be the answer. No, uh, I, I am glad that's there, there's no off the court drama around this team. At least <laughs> it's as there were in past seasons. Um, yeah, at least all of our concerns are strictly on the court or strategic or everything else. That's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, Dave. Any anything else? Uh, what did you think? Of, like uh, Matisse's performance tonight? He got 13 minutes. Uh, I guess we. I guess he. We didn't really hear too much about what his injury was the other night, and you know they didn't really mention it this game. So I guess he was 100 percent or as close to it as you are during an NBA season. But uh, I don't know. Just he's just part of the rotation now and the, I, I feel like the same concerns that were always there are still there and he's still doing the good things that he does anything seem different with Matisse to you or uh, I, I, I tweeted the Game of Thrones character the red woman Malisandra <laughs> to describe her you know how she's really really old at night and she's really really young and beautiful normally so well, like, it was it was when she took the defense. she took the gem off, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So his offense and defense is like Melisandre with and without the gem. Um, <laughs> he gets a gorgeous steal and then he runs down the fast break and he just like blows the layup. Yeah, that's right. Um, I remember that. It's it's just tough, but I, I do like him out there. I do like him out in some of these lineups with Paul Reed because it did change the game. He wound up at team low minus ten. So I might have to go back and watch to see why that was the case. I don't know if that's all on him or just random, but um, you just yeah, I think just, he, he might have just been out there for that nineteen five run and could be it. Yeah, yeah that just kind of skewed it. As but he did have that really nice drive early in the game. He kind of he drove and finished with his left in lane, and I was I, that that was something I've never seen before from Matisse. But then he he occasionally does something, and you're like, wait, that looks so comfortable. How come that's not a thing? Yeah, he just randomly brings stuff out every like three weeks. He just makes one play that makes you wonder where that's been all his career. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of agree with you. Especially like these regular season games, you're playing the Knicks. Like this isn't a playoff playoff atmosphere against quality competition where you're like, oh, they're really going to exploit Matisse on the offensive end and sag off and, and double our guys knowing knowing the personnel perfectly, like that's just not going to happen. Like they're not making crisp defensive rotations to, to know how to do that. So I th- you can, you can get away with Matisse in these kind of games more than you can. in if you're playing like Milwaukee or obviously any, any game in the playoffs. So you should definitely get him his 15 or so minutes to, to go out there and wreck havoc and have him and Melton run around like crazy or him and Paul Reed get the, uh, 
half dozen deflections apiece. Or, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fully on board with with this during the wrong the long regular season, but I, I, I still don't think anything's changed as far as like he can be part of a playoff rotation. Nice to see that they ramped up the minutes for guys like Reed and Thibel just a little because they gave up so many points to the Wizards and they did a much better job defensively in this one. Yeah, they did. Um, again, how much? Uh, I mean, I guess you attribute it to the Sixers' defensive effort and, you know, guys like Reed and, and Melton and Thibel causing the steals, but I. I don't know. So, some of it just felt like Knicks being Knicks to me as far as the turnover numbers were concerned. <laughs> well, but, they don't have they don't have Beal. That could be a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but still, it's I guess it's fair to be encouraged. And you have to you have to take what you can get in these situations when you're you're blowing 10 point leads midway through the fourth quarter of the Knicks and losing. But yeah, it's, that, that is a silver lining. The defensive efforts were, were better. And you, you just hope that you know, Reed figures out enough stuff on the offensive end to earn a little bit more of Doc's trust. And I, I know everyone out there is like, well, it's just Doc, get rid of him. He's the problem, but it doesn't seem imminent. So, uh, yeah. He's like second or third. He, he and Tibbs came in as like second or third in the betting odds to, to lose their job. So while we haven't heard an absolute pin drop from the Sixers themselves, we also haven't heard the same stuff that we heard last May where we're shooting down any rumors, like to almost defensively, you know, like you would hear something and then you would see a tweet from someone like Kyle Newbeck saying like the Sixers back doc or, you know, and you would just get the sense that maybe the Sixers wanted to push back on that narrative. And I don't know that they're doing that now. So if you wanted to read into that, I guess you could, but like, like you said, there's no reason to think that a change is imminent. Yeah. But how much like back, back channel leaking are they really doing 10 games into a season i guess it's not it's not like there's been a press conference or every anything and daryl's been asked that question directly i mean is no. it really is it really his job to every five games make sure that one of the beats is putting that out there i don't know definitely not <laughs> so yeah um, unfortunately I feel like it's going to be an off season thing. We, we talked about this prior to the season and our off off season shows. Like yep. we, we don't think doc's long, but I, I don't see it happening mid season. Um, it's uh, just, it, it's like a is, are you just going to what promote Sam Cassell because you're not, you're not getting anyone in a mid season to replace them. So MDA or Quinn Snyder are, are out there looking for gigs. <laughs> you could take either one. I'm sure they would say, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, but there's there's like a you can't just have someone come in cold in the middle of the season without yeah, I feel like you, you want them to have a training camp to understand the roster, to to build relationships with the guys, like having someone come in in January and like three three months, three to four months later, they're supposed to be like leading you in the playoffs. That doesn't Daryl Morris quotes, really like, if you want to be the best of 30, you have to try radical things. You can't be okay with the status quo you know isn't elite. All right, so that would be the radical thing. That would be radical. <laughs> it would be. Radical. Why not? Yeah. Uh, How well, worried are you that he didn't have an offseason to, to bond? I mean, if you would trust him more in a playoff rotation come April, I mean, I would roll the dice. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> wouldn't hate it. Uh, we should mention Quinn Snyder is under contract, even though he's not the coach. So okay, it, okay. It, it couldn't be Quinn Snyder until the offseason. But okay. there, yeah, the other guys are, I'm sure many Sixers fans would be okay if uh, if Sam Cassell got the got the job. So yeah, uh, that, that would be a radical, radical thinking, but the head coach wouldn't have been uh, Mic'd up in South Carolina, so I, I think that has a lot, a lot of cachet and value to the team. So it's maybe not a democracy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave. Well, this has—it's uh, been fun talking with you. It wasn't fun watching the the last six minutes of the Sixers game tonight. Um, any anything else you feel like I, I overlooked or you want to touch upon before we before we sign off there? Let's just thank our listeners. We know that you guys on a Friday night, you watch this team without Embiid, without Harden, you watch them lose and you listen to us. So you are, you guys are the true heroes here. Thanks for listening. Yeah. At least, at least Dave had his, his Knicks money line parlay leg to, to fall back on. on this. I, I think I have to double check that I didn't put like the Randall over 40 points too, but yeah. All right. So yeah, good, good emotional hedge on your part. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, could it was your one your one off night from the World Series, and you chose to still stick it out with Philadelphia sports. And then, if you're listening to this, well, may, maybe you didn't watch the game, and this, that's why you're listening to this. Catch up on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> either way, either go. way, appreciate appreciate the listening. Um, all right, so that'll do it for us, Dave. Uh, why don't you give us your your info online and, and where everybody can find your work? Uh, at David Early, like early morning on Twitter at Liberty Ballers. All my work there. All right. Um, of course, at Liberty Ballers as well at Philly Fast Break on Twitter. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Everyone out there, have a good weekend. Go Phils. Uh, Zach Wheeler can do it in Game Six, and then Game Seven is anybody's ball game. So keep keep the hope alive. Uh, and uh, go Birds as always. <laughs> go Birds. Take care, everybody.